This episode is brought to you by Boffins. Boffins. Many Boffins died to bring us this podcast. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the talker. Now I am the listener. Only a listener of podcasts, Darth. Hello and welcome to episode two of Voice of the Rebellion. I'm Mark. And I'm Gabe. And let's get to the latest news. But before we do that, you will note that the name of this podcast is not any of the names we discussed yeah, on it, the previous podcast. It turns out every single good name ever is taken. Yes. So it wasn't until like about four days later that I finally thought of this name. And so we're so, Voice of the Rebellion. Yeah. All right. So uh, in the news, first, there's a rumor that Disney will be releasing the original unaltered episodes um, of the original three films on DVD and Blu-ray. Okay, I understand why people might be excited about this because of nostalgia, but I have huge gripes when people are like, only the original editions were good. Particularly, you've got the people who get upset because A New Hope is called A New Hope, even though it was called A New Hope like three years after the original film came out. I was born in 1985, so as far as I've always been concerned, it's always been a new hope. Yeah. And, okay, I, I just don't understand the rationale of, oh, I made this look crisper and cleaner, um, therefore it's bad. Like, what – and, and I, get, I get that there's, like, really super minor changes. So, like, like the Force Ghost of Anakin, when he changed it later to be Hayden Christensen. Yeah, completely so, unnecessary. You think it's unnecessary? I think it's completely unnecessary. I who cares though? Like, why is why, that such a huge crowd? Like, then like, why isn't Obi-Wan, why not connect it? Why like, isn't Obi Wan Obi Wan's ghost then always played by Ewan McGregor? Because if it, it's just the ghost, there's because that's to be why like, he's old. Yeah, and it's, Anakin was old when okay. he died. Yeah, but it wouldn't. Okay, so I, I, okay, I, I accept we'll that argument, yeah. but but it's those types of the small changes, like. Why does that completely change Star Wars for you? Oh no! Like, like you can't enjoy the movie because no, I consider that a minor annoyance. It's yeah, uh, the things it, that upset me are things like, like Darth Vader screaming no as he throws the Emperor down the pit because yeah, that's apparently what everybody was clamoring for was more of Darth yeah, Vader screaming. No. I I agree that was a bad decision because you actually yeah. lose emotional impact yeah. on that. But improving the lightsabers was always a good thing because yeah, and lightsabers were never consistent. Having so more of the Wampa in the cave yeah, that's is, fine. is great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I mean, it's just, I, I understand like the nostalgia and, and the gripes, but to like say that they're the only good additions is the mm-hmm. ones that aren't tweaked is ridiculous. And George like, Lucas has been tweaking these movies since. Yeah. Their inception, I mean, ep- again, with episode four becoming episode four yeah. before um, before Empire came out, that's what you end up, he was always tweaking them in with each each and every edition. But I think yeah. the um, the Betamax ended up being, having some updates to it and things like that as well. So yeah. it's always well, had. And it's like, what are, you, what are you focusing on? The actual story or these minor details? 
Now, I guess we should talk <clears throat> about the biggest issue with these, and that is the whole Han versus Greedo shooting first. Yeah. Because that has gone back and forth. But I guess my question there is, so what if Greedo shoots first? Like, do you want Han to be a cold-blooded murderer? Yes. No. No, yes. Okay, I'm continuing to say, and I don't care how much flack I get for this, Han Solo is the most overrated character in Star Wars. And if you want him to be a cold-blooded murderer, too, that makes it even more so. Okay. I'm going to completely ignore it. <laughs> almost everything you just said. but Like you always do. Yes. <laughs> um, with, with Han being a cold-blooded killer, what they show is at the very beginning of this whole trilogy, he is completely selfish. He doesn't care about anybody. He's murdering people in bars and then, like, throwing a nickel to the bartender for it. And by the end, he he actually has a hero's journey himself of development until eventually he's volunteering to go on a suicide mission to the forest moon of Endor. That he actually becomes a member of the Rebellion. He becomes this, an actual hero. Well, I think... You know, let's table this because okay. I think we could have actually a whole podcast about Han Solo, we probably and should. maybe that's one of the things we could debate. Yeah. But okay. uh, so let's just go on to the other news. Uh, the other news is that uh, Star Wars Rebels TV show cartoon um, has been renewed for a fourth season. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have not seen a lot of Star Wars Rebels; only a couple episodes. I'm like six uh, episodes behind yeah, right and I, now. So. The few episodes I saw, it just seemed too kiddish to me. The the show does grow because it does start off. It it's much more immature and child centric than Clone Wars because Clone Wars dealt with some really adult yeah, issues. I love so, yeah. Clone Wars because like like right off the bat in the first season of Clone Wars, there's a four episode story arc about pacifism and yeah. whether or not that's morally right. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is what I want. There's yeah. also an entire episode about taxation. <laughs> yeah. And they actually make, in the Clone Wars, they actually ended up making Jar Jar an entertaining character. And it's because he was a cartoon character in Clone Wars. And so it made sense to have this goofy character and stuff like that, which was fine. Um, whereas Rebels starts off and it's much more focused on being entertaining for kids. There isn't any big messages or anything like that. Whereas as the story goes on, it's become more deep and more complex. And I feel like they realized they needed to make it much more entertaining for the people who are um, uh, Clone Wars fans and stuff like that. And so it's it's gotten really, really good. And apparently in the latest episode, something big and amazing happened. So I really need to get caught up because... Yeah, well, yeah, I did see the, the preview that apparently Darth Maul is going to face Obi-Wan again on Tatooine. Yeah, there was... Uh, I don't think that's happened yet, but... Uh, no, there was this whole, like, he had a vision because he's been convinced that the kid is his apprentice, even mm-hmm. though the kid doesn't want to be his apprentice. <laughs> and he has this whole vision about how he can finally, um, finally win against the Jedi once and for all. And he has a vision. He says, yes, this is where, back where we started of desert, a desert planet with twin suns. And so, basically, he's going to go and he's going to end up fighting Obi-Wan. I will watch that episode because I actually really did like the Darth Maul-Obi-Wan relationship in the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm -hmm. And that was never resolved. Yeah. Um, Because, I guess, well, I won't give away a spoiler. But Darth Maul does something terrible to Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm -hmm. And... Well, there was, there was never a meeting. Obi Wan does that. something horrible to Darth Maul in Episode One. So, well, I mean, that is self defense and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. okay. 
uh, let's go on to our main topic. Yes. Okay, so main topic. Um, so I, I think, well, we think, um, in order for you guys to understand us better as you listen to our podcasts, um, you should hear our certain points of view on Star Wars. So today's topic is what Star Wars means to us. Um, we'll start with what we think people get wrong about Star Wars, both big and small, uh, what Star Wars means to us overall, and finally, what single scene in Star Wars we think is the greatest and has had or has still the most impact on us. Um, this discussion is be kind of fun, but mostly just personal and serious. So to make up for it next time, we will do a debate. So please comment on what debate we should do. Um, in the past, we've talked about episode one versus episode two before, mm -hmm. which one's better. Uh, obviously, you just heard about Han Solo. Uh, but if you have other ideas, please let us know because... Go over on our Facebook page. Yeah, go to our Facebook page, Watch the Rebellion, um, like it, comment. Um, we like to get each other's throats. But on to a serious topic, um, let's start with what we think people get wrong about Star Wars. So, Mark? Yeah. So one of them, uh, this I call my uh, stormtrooper accuracy theory. So anytime, everybody always talks about how terrible shot stormtroopers are. Yeah. They but are. they're no, they're not. That's that's the whole point of this. So um, specifically, whenever you see the stormtroopers and they're supposed to be, their job is to murder people, they murder people. So you look at the very first scene you see them in, and they end up basically mowing through the troops on um, on Leia's starship mm -hmm. and um, they end up pretty quickly dispatching her. Um, they look like terrifying troops. The next time you see them is um, when they're down on Tatooine and Obi-Wan is looking at the sand crawler and he says, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah. Meaning they're really good shots. And so they're specifically setting up the fact that stormtroopers are supposed to be dangerous and deadly and they're these killer shots so then when you get on board the death star the stormtroopers can't hit anything but grand moff tarkin had specifically installed a tracking device onto the ship right the stormtroopers weren't supposed to hit anything their job was to get the oh, rebels no. back to their ship so that they could go and find the rebel base. They had much bigger fish to fry. The stormtroopers' job was suppression. Mm -hmm. They were they're providing suppressing fire to direct the heroes where they needed them to go, and make it look realistic. Okay. Then you get to Empire Strikes Back, and um, the stormtroopers in uh, on um, Echo Base end up going through and basically clearing they, out. The they whole do place. murders. And people, yeah, yeah. Um, and specifically, you never see stormtroopers on the ground in the open terrain during the battle of Hoth mm -hmm. because that's not their job to fight in open terrain. They're stormtroopers. Their job is to go into enclosed spaces like starships. I follow fight. you so far, but how do you explain, um, and maybe I'll get to this. So I'm sorry yeah. if I jumped the gun, but on cloud city, yes. when okay. they're going, but when they're going to get Han, um, and the slave one, uh, flies away. Yeah. Um, the stormtroopers are still shooting and missing Leia, and there's no reason for them not to. That is that is almost pure plot. Plus, there's yeah. um, there's also um, R2 using his um, fire extinguisher to, to make That's smoke. That's true. I just don't think it was um, soon enough. But the stormtroopers also on Cloud City with Luke, 
their job wasn't to take Luke out when he was sort of chasing after him. Their job was to force Luke, again, providing suppressing fire to direct Luke to the chamber where he'd face off against Darth Vader. Because yeah. just killing Luke would have been worthless to him. And the next so. time you see him after that is on Endor, and yeah. they are shooting up some Ewoks. They're shooting up some Ewoks, they're, and... No, really note that, like, there's a few scenes where, like, they blast Ewoks, and an Ewok, like, gets up, and he's like... Uh, 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 yeah, and his uh, buddy's dead. His yeah. buddy's dead. It's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh. So I don't... People always talk about how stormtroopers are terrible shots, and the problem is, any time they're terrible shots, it's it's for actual it's specific for reason, reasons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And actually, uh, another thing on to add to your uh, mm-hmm. argument. Um, so much like how is his name like Chirrut? Chirrut, yeah. Chirrut. Um, when he does the whole like forces with me when he's walking out, yeah, not getting shot by stormtroopers. Um, one theory there that I've seen actually online uh, is that the force is protecting him. Mm-hmm. So since these are the main characters in Star mm-hmm. Wars, um, you know Han, Leia. Um, and Luke, uh, plus Han is force sensitive, which we can talk about in our what? No, we can, okay. no, no, we'll, no, we'll talk about it. In, I told you. What are you talking about? We will talk about it in our Han Solo okay. episode. Um, God, I, I'm, I'm taking it back right now. Um, okay, anyways, I was saying the force is protecting him too. The will of the living force is making these shots miss. So I guess maybe like the plotting on Cloud City, like, yeah. like there's a, like the force is with them. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you can't just say, well, they're bad shots. Well, they're just good at walking where they're walking because the forest is helping them. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay, um, one thing that I cannot stand uh, when people talk about Star Wars is when they try to get into the details of explaining how things work. So yeah. they take a very sci-fi approach to it. So they're like, well, how could the ship travel at light speed um, and get past the force field? in Force Awakens, and then stopped right before hitting the ground. It's just not possible. Okay. Star Wars? It's because Han is Force sensitive. Oh my gosh. Oh, yo! Uh, Star Wars <laughs> is not sci-fi. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Alright? It has the Force. Yeah. A, a magical energy field. Alright? That has a will of its own. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can't start saying, well, this blaster wouldn't fire that far. Or... This ship couldn't be able to do that. Lightsabers can't work. Um, and and where, I, where I see this argument pop up all the time is when people compare Star Trek to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, Star Trek is better because it's more realistic. Or Star Trek is better because, you know, they they explore this thing that relates to um, futuristic technology. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's fine. You just like a different genre better. Mm-hmm. It's not that Star Trek is better than Star Wars. They're two different genres. I say, why not both? I, I think it's it's both fantasy and it's also sci-fi. And that I like to, like, if, you, if you're going to say it's pure fantasy and not sci-fi at all, then... Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that, but I think it's most, the emphasis is on the fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I like seeing people come up with exactly how ion engines work in Star Wars and try to actually explain things and... And come up with, you know, technical mumbo-jumbo, because I think yeah. that I, I, inter- I enjoy that stuff in sci-fi. Well, yeah, and, and I do too. But but for anyone to then make a claim that Star Wars is bad because of something not oh, working, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it, it yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What, what's another gripe you have So people get wrong? Um, people generally just, you know, you've got, with lightsabers, 
um, people are always looking at lightsabers and they just think that it's an arbitrary thing. But this is, and it's another theory that's kind of like my whole stormtrooper theory, is my lightsaber color theory. Mm-hmm. And it is that the different colors of lightsaber represent different um, mental states or like how the character is in relation to morality. Yeah. So you've got um, it starting with the original trilogy. You've got Obi Wan, great, good Jedi. He's got a blue lightsaber. Luke, brand new, idealistic. He's got a blue lightsaber. Darth Vader's evil. He's got a red lightsaber. When Luke is fights against Vader and gets his hand chopped off, he loses his blue lightsaber, mm-hmm. which is his pure, clear. Um, idealistic morality. And from there, the next time you see him, he's going around dressing in black, force-choking dudes. He's he's not the strictly good dude that you expect to see from a Jedi. Um, And so he's carrying a green lightsaber, which represents, like, a sort of more shady morality. Yeah. And then... um, And Qui-Gon does, too, and he's not allowed the Jedi Council... But yeah. how do you explain Yoda having a green lightsaber? Well, we're gonna we're gonna okay, go okay, around right, that. Sorry, sorry. So, um, Luke, when he finally decides to stop everything, he casts down his green lightsaber and says he's not going to fight his father anymore. After he chops off his hand, of course, and um, so he rejects that sort of gray area of morality. No longer uses his lightsaber. Then you go back to the prequels and you look. And you've got Qui-Gon, and he's a bit, like, he's he's willing to, like, cheat at dice and mind-trick guys to, to cheat him out of parts mm-hmm. for ships and things like that. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He's an ends-justify-the-means type guy, whereas Obi-Wan is this young, idealistic guy. Then you get over to um, episode two, where now you've got um, Anakin has a green, no, Obi-Wan, who has a green lightsaber hmm? at that point? Nobody. They both have blue lightsabers. Do they have, I thought one of them had a green lightsaber. There's, well, there's a scene where he, Anakin's given a green lightsaber in Geonosis because he lost yeah, 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 his yeah. lightsaber. Okay, yes. So Luke, or Anakin is still like kind of, you know, he's still good. He's only beginning to go down the path. It, then when he's given this green lightsaber, he's got the, both the green and the blue lightsabers that he's fighting with. Yeah, because Obi Wan gives beginning, it to him yeah, to fight Dooku. But that's beginning to show his transition because, like, he doesn't listen to mm-hmm. to Obi Wan. He ends up going up against yeah, Dooku alone, yeah. and he ends up failing because of it. Yeah. You look at um, Mace Windu. Mace Windu, specifically his lightsaber style and is the way of using the forces of a pod, which is like mixing the light and the dark side, yeah. and blue and red. Make purple, purple colors. So yeah, then you've got but um, Yoda. Okay, yeah, this is my big who, thing. and that's and that's the thing where it's kind of gets shaky. So oh, the only yeah. thing I can think is like, and he was willing to go along with this whole creation of the clone army. He sort of yeah, yeah he he was he ended up becoming more ends justify the means despite everything. Um, and then yeah. and then you get to episode three and. Anakin is, he has his blue lightsaber, but that's just because they have to get that blue lightsaber to Luke. 
in, ep- in episode four. <laughs> yeah, just, so then it's plotting, just, yeah. Then, it, then it's just because yeah. of the plot. But that's like my general theory is that you can sort of tell a character's yeah. general morality based on lightsabers, and then the bad guys always have yeah. red lightsabers. Yeah, I wonder so, if um, if Ray will get a new lightsaber eventually, or or if she'll just continue to carry Luke's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see Ray with a double sided lightsaber. That would because, be pretty cool because she uses a staff on. That's Jakku, true. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Okay, uh, one thing that I cannot stand is all the hatred towards Ewoks. Mm. All right? I, I I get that people just think they're teddy bears, but Ewoks are awesome. They have amazing... They, they built this... Net, I mean, let's look at the network of, like, tree houses they've built. Like, they're highly mm-hmm. intelligent. Um, the traps they have are amazing. Um, and that's just a failure on the Empire for not having good enough armor. Like, mm-hmm. all the traps are great, and... And like I, I get people are like, well, how are the stormtroopers taken out by bows and arrows? Well, I, I think mostly they're just getting knocked over. They're yeah, not like they're not like they're dying. Um, well, when we see the when we see the end, <laughs> when we see the big huge final celebration, there's all the yeah, stormtrooper helmets. But, <laughs> that's because the Ewoks ate the stormtroopers, okay. <laughs> and that's probably true because they were going to eat Han and yeah. Luke. Um, yeah. So okay, so yeah, they're. Cannibals, like it's, yeah, it's not cannibals but they were, when you're but they were another species. But they're going in and they're taking guys out whose but, armor is specifically built to defend against blaster fire. Yeah, yeah. so they're they're aiming for the in the joints. Yeah, and it, I don't know, I just the, the, this hatred that like like Return of the Jedi is bad just because it has Ewoks. That's not an argument. Yeah. That's you just don't like. Listen, Return of the Jedi is bad, but okay, it's for other reasons. No, it's not. It's the greatest Star Wars film ever made, and you're a terrible person for saying that. And that'll be another episode. Okay. <laughs> Mark, uh, real quick, another one. Okay. Another thing that you can't stand what people say about Star Wars. Um, the Having, like, a morally gray area kind of annoys me with Star Wars, because for me, Star Wars has always been very much about, like, good versus evil. And there can be characters who, like, struggle with that, but um, a lot of stuff in the expanded universe began to go into, like, gray Jedi and Jedi who sort of walked along, like, both paths and didn't see a light side or a dark side. Yeah. And for me, Star Wars has always been about that struggle against the dark side. And um, the light side is, like, the pure embodiment of the Force, whereas the dark side is a corruption of it. Um, and so having things like gray Jedi that they began to introduce and things like that just really always annoyed me. Yeah. Especially when you'd have Luke sort of beginning to teach his students, oh yeah, maybe the dark side isn't so bad. Maybe we can use a little force lightning here and there. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the new canon does Mm -hmm. with Luke because from what we've read so far about episode eight, um, it seems like they're going to really touch on really understanding the force more. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they'll they may go the gray Jedi route and again and yeah. be like, well, um, Luke was wrong to make people focus on the light side or whatever. Um, but if he, or they could not, and they could just continue the same, but I mean, don't you think that it at least adds something interesting instead of just the same old light, dark argument? I mean, yeah, except that the dark side has always been about like using your hatred and rage. Yeah. And having so, yeah, characters be like, it's, oh, not, like, yeah, it's, it's not like you can maturely be hate hateful. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I hate you, but in a mature way. Yeah, like oh, okay. that's that's the whole thing it's about not, like yeah, you're not understanding someone's like differences or something. Yeah. Like, um, 
Okay, so my real quick, my last thing that I cannot stand uh, about what people say about Star Wars is that the prequels should not have been made. Yeah. I think the prequels are necessary and, yes, should have been made um, because of its rich political drama. Yeah. I love seeing how um, the Emperor comes to power. Yeah. Um, now, now, Phantom Menace is, is excluded from this because it doesn't do much in that realm. Um, yeah, it basically but, just sets him up to be. It, it sets some stuff up, but, but yeah, but um, but really heavily in Attack of the Clones, uh, you really see like he gets the army up, he creates this war. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just thinking five steps ahead. The Emperor is brilliant. Well, he's and, not only thinking five steps ahead; he like, is fighting both sides of the war against yeah, himself. I mean, yeah, and it, it it's just to to that amount of planning to trick them into giving him power, mm-hmm. and then ultimately so he could create the empire. Yeah, willingly of the people, mm-hmm. like, and then that's just, that's so potent for modern times too. Yeah. You know, you see dictators all over the world. This is how they do it. They convince you they need power. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I think because it speaks so heavily to today's environment and seeing how the empire was made is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I understand that the prequels aren't great because the scripts are terrible. The, the you know the characters aren't great. And, bad. Um, but I, I I would still take the those political aspects and mm-hmm. watch them over not having them. Yeah. And, and you said the specifically like the, the prequels were necessary. I loved as a kid, the, the fact that these films were called episodes four, five, and six, mm-hmm. knowing that there was, there was three other films yeah. out there yeah. that told how things got here. And then the mentions of things like the clone wars and stuff like that. Yeah that I would have been really disappointed if George Lucas was like, you know what? Yeah. And we're three, not, three films is it, and, there, and we'll never know what happened. Yeah, and we're not before. arguing that the prequels shouldn't have been made differently. Yeah. Um, we're just saying that they should have been made, and I still take what they are now as opposed to not having. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so now that we've gone through just some of the gripes we have that people, um, that people say about Star Wars, uh, let's just go to overall... Uh, what Star Wars means to us. Uh, so, Mark? Yeah, for me, <clears throat> Star Wars, and not only Star Wars, but I, I also put um, comic books in specifically because it reaches a larger audience, the superhero movies um, that have been coming out recently. I consider them a, a modern mythology um, that is sort of a morality play that sort of teaches us mm-hmm. how we should live and teaches us lessons. Um, I know Rogue One started getting worked on a couple of years ago, but there were points in the movie where I actually was tearing up over there talking about like struggles against evil and, and what it means to actually fight against evil and have hope and to resist against tyranny and things like that. Like Cassian, he's not a good guy. No, he shoots a guy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like, but so, but he provides each character provides a lesson in how one should live. You're not supposed to root for Cassian shooting that guy in the back at the beginning, right? And but you kind of come around him in the end. Yeah, like, oh, okay, in the same trying. way, you're not really supposed to root for Han shooting Greedo, but you're supposed or to at see all it. for any reason. Again, no. Uh, but you're supposed, you know, overall, you're supposed to like learn lessons from each character. Each character has a point of view to teach you how to see the world. 
and to sort of look at how different viewpoints can help shape our, yeah. our own thoughts and stuff. And there's so much religious symbolism. Yeah. And, and it's not like this, and it's anybody who's paid any attention to Star Wars knows that George Lucas has the whole, um, the whole Campbell's, um, heroic the, yeah, the, cycle going on in yeah, there and the journey everything. of the hero, the, the mythic yeah. journey of the hero. It's not, there's no, there's nothing new that I'm saying there. But what I'm saying is that, that when you, there's, you know, there's some people out there who are like, Oh, Star Wars, they're just kids movies. They're, yeah, they're, they're meant to teach children yeah. about, about morality in the same way. That you have fairy tales and you have the stories of the Greek heroes yeah. and things like that. I can attest that. And I'll, I'll hit on this later, but Luke Skywalker yeah. taught me how to be a moral human being. Like, yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, well, other people in life, like, I'm not saying he, he was solely responsible, but Luke Skywalker had a profound impact on me. And uh, so, yeah, so that, yeah, using that as a modern mythology and teaching, yeah, I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what Star Wars yeah. means to me. Uh, for me, um, I think it's what, what hits the biggest chord for me, and obviously it, it, Star Wars means a lot of things to all of us, um, but the biggest thing for me is um, the triumph of spirit over the immensity of um, the Empire and technology. So um, and this hits mostly in the original trilogy, and I'll explain why it doesn't really hit much in the new trilogy later. But um, So... What the greatest scenes in general in Star Wars to me are the ones where people are triumphing over technology um, using the Force. So, mm-hmm. first one being, you know, Luke destroys the Death Star without the help of the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, other scenes with, like, Yoda um, explaining, you know, not this crude matter. Like, you don't need mm-hmm. these things. Um, when he says, like, your weapons, you will not need them. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do have to do the accent with the with the voice for Yoda because otherwise it's not a Yoda quote. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, yeah. So saying those things like you don't need uh, this physical reality that you know your spirit um, is what's going to help you, and then Yoda lifts the X wing and proves it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like these scenes, um, they they hit such a emotional chord with me, um, and I think it is the idea that you know we're not. Because people are so trapped by the, the repetition of life and, and your physical surroundings, you know, your routines. And to kind of have this be more in tune with with nature and the force, as Star Wars mm-hmm. explains it. Um, uh, that, you know, I guess kind of that, I guess a little bit of that Buddhist philosophy yeah. um, um, kind of mixed in. But, um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling. I'm not making much sense. But, um uh, and and then you see this again too with like the Ewoks when they again yeah. Ewoks aren't terrible. Um, they they take over um, all the technology on Endor. Yeah, you know they they have their traps set up. And it's like you can fight back against what seems like this immense evil because yeah. of their their large um, uh, technological terror. Well, and not only that, if you look at the the battle of Endor in the skies above um, the forest moon, you've got the You've got all these different alien races all fighting together against this monolithic human, right? Um, gray gun, gunmetal gray, like angular ships. In like the Mon Calamari ships are all like very like natural looking. They look like yeah, they yeah. look like like undersea creatures and things like that. Even there, even though it's still technology, it's much more naturalistic as well. Yeah, yeah. 
And the reason this doesn't work um, with the prequels is because it's uh, the prequels are the story of the descent into this over mass produced mm-hmm. armies, you know, the droids, the clones, the empire. Yeah. You don't really see in the prequels, like all oh, this great moment where they, they triumphed using like, using like peace and passive. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I was actually going to mention the Gungans, but the Gungans were actually defeated by the droids. Yeah. I mean, they were, they, they, I mean, I, Until, I did enjoy that aspect of the Gungans, but uh, because they were using inferior technology. But, but they were, they but were at defeated. the end of the day, they ran away. I mean, it, yeah, they were, they were like, defeated. And it wasn't until yeah. Anakin destroyed the. And then the Wookiees ended up beating the the droids on Kashyyyk yeah. in Episode Three. But that was such like, a small scene. Yeah, exactly. It was such a small scene. It didn't do anything. So, so yeah, so, yeah. Just just the overall triumph of your your inner being and spirit yeah. over uh, technology and and what feels like tyranny and like 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 an empire um, yeah so yeah there's kind of those quiet moments or mm-hmm. makes sense okay uh, so we're gonna then talk about the single scene in star wars that has the biggest impact on us as kids and then still now today yeah. um for me i would say yoda's luminous being speech in empire that speech still gives me chills yeah i agree um, I mean, he explains and distills down what in, if you go back and look at A New Hope, they don't really talk and explain what the Force is in any way. He's told it's an energy field created by all living things. That's it. And then he's told <laughs> by a ghost to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't, he doesn't know anything about the Force. Whereas then Yoda breaks down what the Force is how it works and how all things are connected. And a lot of people don't pick up on the fact that, because he mentions that originally it's, it's created by all living things, but Yoda talks about how we're even connected to the rocks and things like that, that it's not just living things. It's all everything around us. We're all connected. We're all one. Yeah. And so that, that whole speech is, it always gives me the chills and is, and I've loved it ever since I was a kid. And just the aesthetics of, of being on Dagobah, mm-hmm. being around, surrounded by um, so much nature. Yeah, there's and, this mist. Yeah, this mist, and the it's music so, is slowly rising. It's ethereal. It's mm-hmm. you know, and he's yeah. I I agree. I mean, that would have been my single scene. Um, but there's just one more that beats it for me. But yeah, yeah, Yoda is. But yeah, yeah, I would agree that Yoda's speech um, really hits a chord. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you you get the force, you get the the, the mystical nature of it. Yeah. Well, it's yours. Um, so my single scene that I think is the greatest, um, at least to me, um, is when Luke and Vader, in the final confrontation, return the Jedi. Um, Luke strikes down Vader, uh, chops off his mechanical hand, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the Emperor is trying, you know, he's goading him. He's trying good, to get him. Good, 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 good. Uh, he's trying to get Luke to, you know, turn to the dark side, and um, Luke looks at his hand and... He sees his own his own mechanical hand, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, like I've become what I hate. Like mm-hmm. I'm going down the same path that my father did, and like that realization right there, yeah, I think sums up completely um, like Luke's maturity and and his philosophy, and and that being, you know, don't go down the same path, um, uh, the same path of suffering. Like you can withstand it." Um, if you recognize those um, dark parts within yourself. Yeah. And 
and yeah, so that, like I said earlier, Luke Skywalker was, um, that taught me so much morality and that was a big part of it is his defiance there. You know, when he throws a lightsaber, he's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm a Jedi, my father before me. Um, and I just think that there's, there's so much moral maturity in that scene that is so different from every other scene in Star Wars because you don't see um, this great like defiance mm-hmm. because the prequels are obviously about the descent into the yeah. Empire. Um, so you don't really get to see anybody be really heroic in the yeah. prequels. Uh, Luke wins by refusing to fight. Yeah, like that That right there is so different from the ending of really any movie. And Because mm-hmm. how many times do you watch a movie where the good guy just convinces the bad guy to be good? Yeah. Like, that's not, it's always just a big brawl and they both, or one of them dies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that, right, like, his his pacifism in that moment mm-hmm. um, has always struck a chord with me. And Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, so that's been what Star Wars means to us. Uh, let's go on to the best segment. <laughs> Trivia. Okay, so we are currently, as we as it stands... All right, so as the score currently stands, I have three points. I have two. Yes. And now we're going to have an even larger gap between, because... Because I'm going to get all six, and you're going to get zero. No. Is that why? No, that's not why. I'm pretty sure that's why. That's not the reason why. All right, you know what? I went first last time uh, asking you, so you asked me first. Okay, let's go. All right, bring it. So... Which rebel let leader reveals the emperor himself is personally overseeing the final stages of the construction of this Death Star? Mon Mothma. Correct. Okay. We have learned the emperor himself is overseeing the final construction. Final stages. Final stages. Okay. Well, you yeah. Know. Okay. <laughs> Which two people does Darth Vader take orders from? Which two people? Yes. Um, well, I assume they're saying the Emperor and Tarkin. Uh, correct. All right. Who taunts from here you will witness the final destruction of the Alliance? Um, yeah, I want to say Emperor, but let me, let me think about this clearly. He's going into his mind palace? No. <laughs> I don't think Vader ever says that. He's entering the wizard state. Let me think. Let me think. No, I'm pretty, yeah, I appreciate the Emperor. Emperor. It is. Yeah. Six troopers try to capture which duo just prior to the Ewoks, prior to the Ewoks forest moon. Six troopers try to capture which duo just prior to the Ewoks forest moon. Badly worded. Prior to the Ewoks forest moon? I'm pretty sure what? that's a typo in some way. Okay. But Six I... troopers try to capture which duo <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say Han and Leia. C-3PO and R2-D2. Hey! Hey! Over here! Over here! Hey! Hey! There's one! That's true, but there's yeah. also Han and Leia outside of the shield generator when they're trying to get in. But on Six Troopers. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. Should start to think about it. I blame the question. What planet had the rebels used as a base before moving to the jungle moon of Yavin? The 
use the face. Oh, uh, the remnants on Dantooine. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Is that all? No. No one more? What good luck charms dangle from the ceiling of the Moaning Falcon's cockpit? What? Oh, God. Uh... Uh, a good luck charm. Yeah. Well, knowing Han Solo, it's probably the skins of his victims. But, um... <laughs> um... Dead air is bad podcasting. Make, it doesn't, I know, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense, because it's not like, I don't know, I, 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 I don't know. That's my answer, I don't know. A pair of dice. Are you serious? Yeah. I was going to say that, but I was like, no, a pair of dice doesn't exist in Star Wars. No, so a pair of dice is actually dangling. That is you only see them in one shot, but... One shot? Mm-hmm. Golly. Yeah. But I like bumps on that. Why did I just say it? I should have said that. I said, I don't know. You should have. But you didn't. All right. So that's four, right? Four, you got four. So I'm right. up to six. You're up to six. All right. Here's where you get now. All right. Who put the sadistic droid EV-99 in charge of his labor pool? Uh, Jabba the Hutt? Who is EV-90? Oh, is he the guy who's... Uh... You're a feisty little one. Okay. But you yeah. also learn some respect. Why are droids programmed to feel pain? And why is there a torture room for them? Like, that's just okay. a whole other layer now, of... In the same reason, it's the same reason why humans are programmed to feel pain, so that when you feel it, you can, like, react and it, okay. to, to avoid taking damage. I think that they basically, like, basically plug in the droids and don't yeah. allow them to turn off their pain circuits. Okay. So they plug him in so they yeah, have to feel the pain. Yeah. That makes that makes Jabba like on the same level as the Emperor. Like it oh, really yeah. does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Who tells Anakin, you have become a far greater Jedi than I could ever hope to be? I believe that's I I believe Obi Wan Kenobi tells him that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who does Han Solo credit with being pretty good in a fight? Who does Han Solo credit with being pretty good in a fight? He's pretty good in a fight. Um, who does Han Solo say is pretty good? Now, now I'm trying to... Dead air is bad podcaster. No, see, that's why I'm specifically <laughs> thinking it out. Um, I think that he's referring to... Um, hmm. I can't think of that, like, too many people that he actually interacts with. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say Chewbacca. Luke Skywalker. Was it? Because he says, he says, you should come with us. You're pretty good in the fight. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yep. Okay. All right. Who blasts the corridor with a cloud of fog to mask the rebels' retreat in Cloud City? Huh. Perhaps somebody we spoke of earlier, R2-D2. Lame. Okay. Uh, what type of vehicle is commandeered by two Ewoks and a Wookiee? An ATST, an all-terrain scout transport. Indeed. Uh, what sound is used to signal the Gungan retreat? Uh, a, it's like a, a horn. A whistle. Was it? Yeah, because okay. Captain Tarkles does the whistle. And oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so he missed two, so 
That's four plus six. Uh, seven to six. Yep, seven to right six. Now. So we are still the same All distance right. away. All right. Okay. So, and we're going to end the episode the way we end every episode with a Snoke theory. Who is Snoke? Gabe? All right. This time, I think I really got it. All right. Okay. Forget I'm last ready. time. Okay. I was an idiot. The last one was okay. garbage. That was last one's garbage. This time, I've got it. Okay. Snoke is R2D2. Okay. Explain. Okay, hear me out. Okay, the only time you see Snoke in Force Awakens is as a hologram. Uh-huh. What yeah. other character has only been known to make holograms? R2-D2, when he shows the hologram of, like, Luke Skywalker in front of Jabba. Or other instances, like, where Leia in front of Obi-Wan. Could, so, could Snoke be the Dejaric table? Because that's also the holochess table. Don't be an idiot, Mark. Okay. All right, I'm trying to be serious here. Okay, so, he rejects holograms, all right? And... During Force Awakens, he is asleep the whole time. Mm, really? I'm thinking duplicate droid, and he's actually off doing the doing the whole, doing thing. The whole thing. And they say that um, they've got that for some reason the First Order also has a piece of the map to Luke yeah. Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It's just R2 the whole time, the same piece. Oh. Yeah. I and see. Yeah. and. They've said that, you know, that, that Snoke... That, so one of the only things about Snoke that we know is that he's lived long enough to see empires rise and fall. Yeah. R2-D2. He's been there from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think ultimately, he's just tired of people's shit. I mean, he's been around so long that he's like, you guys keep messing it up. All right? Yeah. You guys keep fighting. I'm finally going to take charge and show you what's what. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think... R2-D2, plus R2-D2 would have had a lot of interactions with Kylo Ren as a child. So That's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just so much evidence here. Yeah. Right? All right. If if I am wrong, I will admit that Han Solo is a good... No, I can't even do that. No, Han Solo is terrible all the time. Oh. We're going to, at some point, we're going to, before episode eight comes, down, comes out, yeah. I'm going to pin you down on a theory and have you officially declare it. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna hold your reputation, and we'll probably make okay. you eat something gross. All right, whatever. If, you, if it's not that, all right. Okay. 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 All right. Just don't make it amplified. So please make sure to review the podcast on iTunes. It doesn't have any reviews yet. Um, reviews help us get climb higher in the charts and make it easier for people to find us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like the Facebook page again. Um, that helps uh, follow us. And I do try to update the Facebook page um, once a day with something Star Wars related. So if you need the latest news or just interesting uh, things about Star Wars, you can check it out for that too. And we've also, we also have a Twitter that I'm going to be updating tweet, tweet, tweet. every day. Um, tweet. If I remember to. Tweet, tweet. And tweet. that. Uh, that's it. Uh, wait, no. What? The, no, 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 no. Sorry. Hold no. on. Hold on, folks. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't put your headphones off. Hold on. The Twitter account is VOTR Podcast. At VO. Yes, Voice of the Rebellion. VOTR Podcast. Okay. Voice like of the Rebellion. Letters VO, yes. not like VO. V- like yes. V. O. Victor October Totem. Rancor podcast. It's over, over at Twitter. So, a totem Rancor. That is totem some Rancor. serious shit. Right yeah. There. Oh, man. All right. 
Okay. And uh, so check that out as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, uh, comment with something for us to debate about. Um, I'd prefer not to have the entire podcast be about Han Solo. So if we can get your comments and ideas, uh, that'd be appreciated. I, I would record an entire podcast about Han Solo. Not like yeah, a, not yeah. an episode, an entire just podcast. you talking about him. Just yeah, I don't even yeah. need anybody else yeah. on the air just to yeah. talk about Han Solo. It's stupid. All right, all right. Thanks all right. for Thanks, listening. Guys. Yep. Till next time. <laughs>